When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the B&G writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you done yet? We gotta start the show. Bobby Orr, behind the left of center, and Orr! Bobby Orr! Orr from the Boston Bulls! 30 seconds left in the period, the Bruins are short-handed. Ray Bork. Bruins fans, welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. We are recording episode 148 on my deck outside. Beautiful October 6th day, gorgeous day. And um, this show is sponsored by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50 for a very nice welcome bonus. But anyway, we got all the intros already set. I'm just going to kind of kind of just go out a little bit and just say, yeah, baby. Yeah, hockey's back. Yeah. yeah. So pumped. So pumped to finally talk about Boston Bruins regular season games. The summer was short. Yeah. But it was long enough to be annoying. Yes. I was like, it's almost worse when your team's one of the last ones out. I was like, it's never going to end. Oh, uh, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it was a good, believe it or not, I, I, I really can't complain because of all the stuff that we do at blackandgoldhockey.com and the the, the podcast and everything like that. The preparation actually makes time go by a lot faster. Mm-hmm. So our whole team pretty much was like um, balls to the wall, you know, if you might say, um, and just creating content. So it kind of like went a lot, a lot faster for everybody, including myself. So what summer vacation anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's over. The 2019-20 season has officially kicked off, and it's a winning streak. Yeah. 2-0, and oh, baby. 2-0 oh on the road. On a, um, the, the Bruins are currently on a four-game road trip, and they're 2-0. and oh. So um, we definitely got to talk about the action uh, starting in Dallas, Texas at the, uh, I believe it's the 
Wherever uh, Dallas plays arena. Yeah, wherever Dallas plays arena. <laughs> I know it's an airline, but I'm not sure which one. It might be American Airlines. It seems like it makes yeah, sense in Dallas. But I've only been there once, can't say. <laughs> if it was Atlanta, I'd say been to Delta. Texas. Um, anyway, but the Bruins uh, were in Dallas on October 3rd to kick off the 2019-20 season. Uh, Tuka Rask stops 28 in a 2-1 final. Uh, the Stars outshot the Bees 29-20. A little bit of a concern there. Um, and the goals were uh, both in the first period. And the first one was kind of cool because it was uh, Brett Ritchie was gets his first game as a Bruin, first goal in the first period. And his first game against his former team, yeah, which was awesome. So I mean, and it was a beautiful goal. It was. Yeah. I thought it was a really highly skilled shot. You, you come off the corner. You, uh, I think he stole the puck, right? Mm -hmm. Stole the puck, turns around in the corner and just rifles it. The goalie. I don't even think the goalie even understood. Oh, Bishop. Yeah. I don't even think Bishop understood what was going on until it was right past him. Yeah. And that's a lot to say when you're talking about Ben Bishop and that's huge for you to. Yeah, he's. A great goaltender. Yeah. It was a beautiful shot. I was just like, hey, glad to have you, bro, Richie. <laughs> right. Up? Well, he's one of the ones no one really knows because no one really knows of him and no one really knew what he was, you know what I mean, what he would do or whatever, but. It's good. Right on him. Yeah. You know what I mean? He beautiful. played, I thought he played well. And um, not Danton Hine also. Beautiful. I was happy that Danton was one of the ones that scored too because he got the second. Yeah, I was getting there. Okay. <laughs> no, I just don't want Danton Heinen to think that I forgot about him. No, no, I didn't. no. We never forget about Danton Heinen. He scored his first goal also in the first period and uh, pretty much sealed the deal when it comes to Bruins scoring with the two goals in the first. Um, uh, and Richie's goal was uh, assisted by uh, Charlie Coyle. I did it again. I wanted to say Joey Coyle. But anyway. Uh, Heinen's goal was uh, assisted by Grizzlick and McAvoy in the first, as I said. Um, Bergeron and Marshawn led the team in minutes played with around 18.5 of an average. Um, that's good. Mm -hmm. All right. And uh, it was nice to see that uh, McAvoy led the D in minutes with 22. Uh, notable Chara had 19 minutes, 24 seconds. And the lowest was Connor Clifton, which is expected, but... I know Connor's going to get his, his time in, in, in fair share. So, first game going into Dallas, Bruins win. What did you think? I That was probably, I mean, I was a little more nervous for that game than, say, the Coyotes because we're not quite sure what's going on. But Dallas is a pretty we've, solid team. They've had some nice additions and yeah, we've subtractions heard all this summer. summer. We've heard all summer uh, about that. I think that it was, we played well. That, but that's not to say that in the first at least period and a half, partly that was like Dallas wasn't awake. Do you know what I mean? Like you could tell. And once they started waking up, it became like good thing we scored early kind of thing because it would have been even tougher. Uh, but I thought things looked good. I was a little surprised of the lines when I saw exactly what the lines were going to be at the beginning, uh, only because where certain people were plugged. But it wasn't that it wasn't the people I expected to be there, but it was more of I was like, oh, well, right, you so, know. So Linda what shocked Holmes, you? What shocked you? Uh, well, when they first started the night, right, uh, even in the beginning, they showed it on TV. They were putting like Lindholm up a little higher. And at first I was like, that can't be right. Coyle's got to be on the second line, not him. You know, which it started one way and they kind of moved them a little bit as the game went. Yeah. Also with, um, with Krejci same thing up. with Richie and Coleman. They kind of did a little bit of moving on each other. But also that's a little probably to see what chemistry will happen when you put the pairing together. But at first I was like, what do you mean Coyle's not starting us? The quote unquote second line. Like I just... That was one thing that surprised me, but I thought that I wasn't surprised at who was on the ice. 
uh, I think I was surprised about how smooth we looked off the bat because we did have so many pieces that are normally there. Yep. Uh, that I mean, it's not a lot, but it are pieces that are always part of the moving structure of the team, you know what I mean? So that's really what shocked me more is like where people were slotted to start out the game. Well, Obviously, things are fluid within the game, but... The pairings for that game were the first line of Bergeron, Pasternak, Marchand. The second line was Coyle, Richie, and DeBrusque, which I thought was good. The third line was Lindholm, Kuhlman, and Heinen. And the fourth line, Corrali, Bacchus, and Wagner. It was interesting to see Danton Heinen. He's not normally the le on the left wing. They usually slot him. Right. Is but that his natural side? I don't even know. Like, I know he's he plays definitely, both sides. He plays everywhere. Yeah. They tell him. Yeah. So it's hard to. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Um, no, I just thought it was. A, I thought it was a good game. I um, a couple hiccups right around the six minute, seven minute part of the uh, the first period, and it almost like they mirrored that in the second period too. But shortly after, they get it. You know, um, third period was kind of. Uh, for me, it was uh, they didn't put their foot on the gas enough. They they did it enough to get the job done, but there were times that where you looked at that and it was just like, guys, you're making like those mistakes that are, even a second turnover can turn this game around. So, but what I wanted to talk about, and this goes back to my conversation about uh, the athletics, um, Joey McDonald mm -hmm. on the Perfection Pod. This is a new podcast with Billy Jaffe and. Uh, and Fluto Shinzawa, and I think it's a fantastic one. I only listen to one show, and I'm, I'm hooked. How um, I say no more. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, he mentioned that he saw, and we might even have talked about this in previous podcasts over the summer, that um, Joey Mack has noticed in practices and training camp that uh, Bruce is rolling with a very active defense. Hmm. So all five guys are pinching in. It's not just your three guys that are skating hard and the defense are lagging back, waiting for the right. opportunities. They're all pushing. So I saw that in that very first regular season game in Dallas. I was like, I honestly, Heather, I could not count on my hand more than a dozen times that the zone entries was so quick hmm. to get out. You grab the puck and transition. Once the puck crossed the line, they all attacked and they were all bought in and moved up. I know the game wasn't fully invested in that model, but you saw some really good positive signs of that being a, a, a huge catalyst to, and impactful part of that game. Well, I was thinking, actually thinking that, because I was at work, so I was like half listening to the radio, half watching on a thing. But when I, I mostly got to watch it, and what I was thinking to myself was what you were saying about how to solve five-on-five. Five. Like, does anything look like our five-on-five five play is getting better? And Small sample size of one game. Right, it was. It, but just from the get-go, though, against a, another, you know, formidable team, it's not like we had Ottawa from the get-go. No offense, Ottawa, but not that they didn't play well. They played well on their opener, too. So, But yeah. you know what I mean. But like I said, I feel like the pace of the game was fast through the whole thing. Dallas, even though they looked a little sleepy the first period and a half, even they were still quick moving. But the thing that I noticed is much better control of the neutral zone. Like we were talking about, like joking, like like if PJ Axels, like someone watched some PJ Axels and tape, how to hang in the new, you know, and be ready to help defensively. Yep. Or in, I agree with you, I saw a lot less of like, we always get caught up or down ice. We never seem to be spread or supporting necessarily the way we have to. So I definitely saw improvement. Even if it, like you said, even if it did go into our zone, it wasn't there very long. You know what I mean? It yep. was recover pass. Not that Dallas didn't have their moments. You know what I mean? Like you said, at any moment, that game could have flipped on the head, but they held it together. And with the, you know, 
leaders beyond the people we expect, like usually, like we talked about. Because the first, the first game, at least, our quote-unquote big names were a little bit quiet on necessarily being the offensive prowess. They were doing the other things. I think with the third period, too, was just that's kind of it. it was the first game out, the first time everyone's playing a full game. Yeah. And by the time you're in third period, you're like, Ugh. Yeah, your first, <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're uh, half, half the game. Starting the game real hyped up, and you're starting to get down to reality. Yeah. Um, definitely can definitely make mistakes. I, it was a good opening contest to yeah. show, like, they don't look like they lost speed from June either, you know? Real quick, uh, thoughts on David Backus as a fourth-line right winger? Um. I think David Backus has been doing what we talked about. He's doing his job, and he's earned a spot, and I don't think he cares if it's fourth line right wing because they'll play wherever you ask him to, and he's he looks solid out there. Right. Like, nobody and can say point, what. At this point with two years left to go, you might yeah. as well just forget about what the cost is on that line. Yeah. I know people bitch about constantly that you're paying $6 million for a fourth line player. Yeah. You shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. That narrative not, is pretty again, much we don't, It's not necessarily his fault he ended up being a fourth-line player, but he does his role as the fourth-line player, third, or wherever. Exactly. He, he, I would much rather have him on the ice as a $6 million player in a fourth-line role than a $6 million player sitting from the ninth floor watching yeah. the action. Or an expensive player down in Providence because he would still be making lots of money. Oh, yeah. like, and only at 1.7 yeah, exactly. for the cap shed. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but no, I think David Backus has been... He looks more like David Backus, like we talked about. He looks faster on his skates. He looks, uh, I mean, he's always had, like, his leadership capabilities, but he doesn't, we always joke with, like, the older players, like, they look like they're struggling. Like, remember, like, when Yarmir Yager was on the team, you know, whatever, around a little bit, and, like, for the first 37 seconds, you're so Yarmir Yager, and then the next 37 seconds of your shift, you're having a hard time getting back to that bench, but I don't think that looks that way. Not on Chara, not on Backus, not on anybody people have been always have to bring up how old or hurt or whatever they are. In this uh, particular game, I know it's early, but we've always seen for the past two or three years Tuka Rast start on the wrong foot mm-hmm. uh, to begin his years. Um, and I know it's a small sample size. It's yeah. only game one. Uh, thoughts on him and how he played? I mean, I mean, after game one to me, and I know it's small sample size, but midseason form. Yeah, that's what I mean. It looks like they didn't lose steam. looks like Tuka just... They had, like, a vacation or something, which they did, and they all came back together and are all invested on just kind of continuing the ride, not, like, building again to the ride, but, like, from the get-go. Like I was saying, you know, we are the defending champions. Act that way. (laughs) Defend your championship, you know what I mean? Because you are one of the best teams in hockey. Everybody knows it. Not that Bruins fans necessarily know it, but I I think Tuca looked good. He He didn't look like game one necessarily Tuca. He looked like, you know, post-November, like we talked about. November 15th, Tuka, and beyond. Exactly. But, yeah, no, he looked comfortable. I think everybody looked comfortable. But the D was playing well. You know, we talk about this, you know. Everybody looked just like, like I said, it just looked almost like they just, it was the next game in the schedule. And I like that. Before we move on to the uh, second game of this road trip, I I do want to give a salute. Before we go to Arizona. Absolutely. Before we head to Arizona, a little salute there. You heard the uh, glasses click. I have a mason jar full of the awesome uh, pink Whitney vodka from New Amsterdam vodka. No free ads here, no. but we want to support our favorite podcast, the Spit and Chicklets. Yeah. Those guys do a Everybody's fantastic job. Podcast. They got their own vodka, and it is good. Yes. It's very good. As if I needed another reason to love Ryan <laughs> It's delicious. Like I was telling Mark how last week, watching my Buffalo Bills almost not lose to the Patriots. That's how I like to look at it, people. 
I uh, drank quite a lot of bit of uh, Pink Whitney on quite the rocks a lot of it. and I took a little. Uh, That's like a couple few for me. Yeah, like I, it, I'm not normally a day drinker, let's say, and I definitely day drank the shit out of that during the Pats Bills game last week. It was delicious, and all I could think is why? Why do you have to also have delicious vodka named after you, right? I know it's terrible. Uh, but anyway, that's an old school fangirl comment for the Ryan Whitney. No, it's, it's, you know. Before stuff, spitting chicklets, I loved him. Just the kidding. stuff is uh, the, the pink Whitney vodka yeah. is very good. Um, I've gone through I don't know how many bottles, and they yeah. seem to buy out every local liquor store <laughs> yeah. because I, I, I definitely have to find it now. I broke into my very last bottle, the one that I was gonna save. So this is a special occasion. Mm -hmm. That bottle that I've been saving forever since day one mm -hmm. has been cracked. So hopefully this is a good episode. Hopefully you go and rate it. And yeah, rate there. it. Lots of ratings. Lots of ratings. Star stars. Five stars. Yeah, baby. But let's go to Arizona. Uh, the Bruins travel to Arizona for game two of the four-game road trip. And um, interesting game. And I'll tell you why. Let's just go through this spiel. I'll tell you, I'll tell you my reason. Do your thing. Yaroslav Halak stopped 35 shots for his 48th career shutout. Uh, but the Coyotes, and again, the second game of the season, have outshot. Not, not, not the Coyotes outshot, but the second game of the season, the Bruins have been outshot. The Coyotes got them 35-26. to 26. A little bit of concerning there. Um, this tells me that you need more shots, especially against teams like this, that are going to be uh, they're gonna spread out offensively and so on. Uh, take advantage of that. Fortunately, the only goal of the night, it was his first goal, uh, was uh, Brad Marchand uh, and Bergeron with the helper, uh, his buddy St. Patrice, always there to lend a hand. Um, Marchand led all forwards again, two games in a row with 20 minutes, and Berge went down to 16. Talk about that in a minute. Uh, so it goes from 19 to 16, loses three minutes. That's my Amesbury math. I think it's right. Yes. Um... McAvoy once again led away with the defensive minutes, and Chara stayed the same at between 19 and 20. So, a couple of things from that. They're not really managing Chara's minutes to like, um, like they should be treating an older veteran. He's, obviously, they still have the trust in him to play right around that time, so I'm not concerned about, no concern about that. If he's doing it and he's doing okay, no problems. Charlie, I like what he's doing. He's getting more roles, more confidence, and so on. That's awesome. That's what you want to see in a future uh, Norris Trophy winner. But the Bergeron thing, I'm not, this might be just Bruce doing his thing, or it might even be a precautionary thing. But having 19 to 20 minutes in game one down to 16, is that any cause for concern on that? groin that he continually has problem, problems with? I would think it's probably precautionary. Again, I don't know what's going on in the medical things, but for, considering it is an injury that he, he re-injures all the time, he basically always has the injury and is dealing with it and recovers when he can, like kind of injury. I think it's probably more precautionary. It is only the first few games, and they have a couple days, games off because we don't play again until Tuesday. Yep. So Vegas, you everyone's playing well. You know, like things seem to be going well. There's no reason to force. I mean, although Bergeron usually plays 20 minutes for you or whatever, ish, there's no need to force him to do that, right? The young kids seem comfortable. You know what I mean? So you can give them a few more minutes. 
of rest as necessary. You know, same thing like we always talked about with Chara, why they kept trying to force him to play 30 minutes when he couldn't in the first place help make him look as bad as he was looking because right. he'd be like, dude, I can only do 22. Stop giving me the other eight, you know? Uh, but I think it was probably more precautionary because there was questionable whether he'd be ready to even start, but he seemed like he was doing all right. But it, the first game out, that's the first game out. Everyone's like hopped up on first game and he went hard and rest him, you know? In this, uh, in this particular game versus the Arizona Coyotes, the, one, the thing I want to talk about in the, at the beginning of this discussion or this particular game was it just seemed like the Bruins did that same old thing, um, the playing down to their competition, you know what I mean? Almost like going into it like this is a, an easy W. I don't, say, I don't want to say any, any W is easy in a 31-team National Hockey League, but there were moments it looked like it. And, and it, there were moments that I said, Jesus, Yaroslav Halak is really noticing that and really stepping up his game to preserve this, uh, this, this one-goal lead, mm-hmm. ultimately sh- shutting out the Arizona Coyotes for his 48th career. So, I mean, I mean it's, it's, a, it's two games. I get it. There's so many things that they could work on. There's still a ton of chemistry that can be made. Got 80 more games to go. I get it. But there's, there's, there's signs of good progression and the signs of, of, of laziness that uh, got to get worked out. And I'm sure that's going to be worked that's out. That's what the first week is exactly. for. Exactly. You know what I mean? I mean, I, you could basically consider this as still a continued part of training camp. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Still, people are still trying to find their They're roles. They're important. And, it's just, it's like pre, it, the first few games are kind of preseason, but with points yep. that are important and you want to get them, but also might not lead to the ultimate doom of your team if you don't. Absolutely. Uh, it's funny because I was actually thinking... I, not so much about how we didn't look like we were playing up. I was thinking how this is a different look Arizona than we've seen recently. Like, they they have things happening there. Like, they're not, you know, going to be Colorado or whoever in the West. But they play real well. Like, they, they are a new look of a team, and they're working their stuff out. I think on one hand, not so much playing down. I never want to accuse anyone of playing down. But maybe going into it, thinking of it maybe as the Coyotes that you played last year versus the Coyotes that are stepping on the ice this year. You know what I mean? Maybe not doing your due diligence research. I also think we do have a lot of people who aren't 20-minute, you know, top-line NHLers on the ice all around right now. And that can also affect it because we also are playing with some players that, you know, we're so used to being high caliber against a lot of teams we play against, even other good teams. Yep. It's very easy for us to look like maybe the effort isn't all the way there. Right. And also it can be they're tired. Like I said, training training camp and preseason, I feel like they should play more real kind of games net, at the end of preseason to actually get see how you're going to do, how winded are you going to be, yeah. how, you know, whatever. And that could be some of it too, that. Dallas, at what, once the game picked up there in the second, really, like, you know, became more like the game that you would have thought playing Dallas would have been like. I mean, could be just tired. <laughs> like, and no, it's true. They're not being lazy necessarily by choice. But I also think that Arizona played a lot better than I didn't expect Arizona to play that well. And uh, that's my thing. But not to defend them, but this is also that week where you're still working out, like you said, the little mistakes here or there. It's nice, like, yeah, I was like, okay, as, like, the veteran goaltender, I can keep this together. It's fine. Uh, did a good job. Yeah, but I think overall both games were pretty good out the gate for two teams you're not going to see a lot, probably not until April right. or, well, May, really. Oh, let's hope. 
Yeah. Definitely hope. Um, well, I don't know. Sometimes we do play some of the West teams twice. That's why I was like, I like know, we I may know. see Dallas and Boston at some point. I don't know. I think, yeah, the way the schedule goes, you yeah. have to play at least one team home yeah. and away. So, yeah. um, hey, before we start talking about the upcoming schedule, um, and if you want to take any hockey bets on the upcoming schedule, it's a good time to do this ad read uh, by uh, betonline.ag. The Boston Bruins regular season is finally here with two games already in the books. So placing a wager on any sport has never been more exciting than with the great folks at betonline.ag. Did you know placing a hockey bet is not limited to the 31 teams in the NHL? At betonline.ag, you can place bets on teams in 11 leagues in Europe. And guess what? Because you're loyal listeners of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast and CLNS Media content, we're giving you a 50% bonus onto your sports betting bankroll when you go to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50. This added bonus is for your first ever deposit and the best part is the bonus is added onto your balance within seconds. Again, support our Black and Gold Hockey Podcast by going to the betonline.ag and use code CLNS50. Please remember a minimum deposit of $55 is required to qualify for the bonuses. Please see Bet Online's general rules for additional terms and conditions regarding bonuses. Don't sit on the sidelines during your favorite sports season. Get in all the action with BetOnline.ag, your online sports wagering expert. I feel like my energy level isn't as high as it really is inside. I apologize. I'm, I'm jumping. Were you thinking that? Because I was popping off before you pressed record. I was like, was my energy level down? I was really excited. They were good two games. I yes. don't know. I just didn't no, feel like my normal. I'm, I'm, I don't know how I'm containing myself. I know. But... I'm overall excited because even on Wednesday when I left work, I looked at my boss and was like, and just in case you're interested at 8 o'clock, Washington Saint versus St. Louis. <laughs> like, you know, because I was all just all sorts of excited. There was a kid that I was working with that night, and he kept, like, messing around about, like, changing channels. I was like, first of all, I'll take the remote with me on deliveries if that ensures that this <laughs> channel is not changing. Second of all, I think you're failing to under... You're, you're underestimating that I could stab you over the Bruins game, like, because <laughs> it's game one. I've been waiting for this for too long. I got things Tory to... Krug, fan goal, yeah, like I get, Yeah, like, you don't want to know. I want to show you what Big Bad Bruins means. Like, Big Bad Bruins, bitch, freaking out here. At work, like thing, and then finally, I was like, I did. I looked at this other kid. I was like, I'll take the damn remote with me because no one else is trying to change the TV except for you. Why? Because they know it's game one and it could be dangerous. I'm going to think I also, we're all on board to watch it. It's not even funny. It was funny the first three times. Now it's uh, 8.30 and I'm getting a little antsy because the stupid, they won't just, can they just drop the puck at 8.30? They said 8.30. Why, yeah. why do we have to wait until 8.45? It's so annoying. Sorry. Okay. No problem. <laughs> I wonder if betonline.ag has odds on you snapping. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's why I'm going to fuck with my Bruins. Like, it's not even funny. All right, so getting back to the bees oh, talk. Oh, can I, sorry, oh, one more thing. Also, people, when you see me in the Bruins gear, also lots of Bruins people out. I saw at the chili cookout yesterday on a side note. But the thing is, don't go go Rangers to me. I know you think it's funny in that moment, and I don't care. That's fine. One person said go Montreal to me, and I gave them death glare. Not funny. Go Rangers, kind of funny. Go even go to Toronto, but don't ever say to me go Montreal. Never funny. That's terrible. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. Let's get to the upcoming schedule next week, starting on Tuesday, October eighth, two thousand nineteen, at ten p.m. The Boston Bruins play the Vegas Golden Knights. 
Vegas is hot right now, 2-0 on the year. Um, and they beat San Jose in, in a home-and-home. Home. So, and they, they outscored them 9-2 in those two games. So um, look for Mark Stone. Uh, he's pretty hot on the ice. Got to clarify that. Uh, a goal, three assists, and four points in two games. So uh, he's definitely going to be one to watch. Um, Carlson's another one that's going to is a threat. And obviously in the back end, Marc-Andre Fleury, mm-hmm. uh, that guy continues to just... <laughs> Perennial yeah, in and out. You know what I mean? Like nothing's going to stop him. As a goaltender, as a former goaltender myself, beer league all the way, um, you got to admire a guy like that that just that don't, doesn't quit and that damn smile. He's mm-hmm. always smiling. There's nothing wrong with that guy at all. You yeah. know what I mean? Good for him. Um, but uh, the Bruins traveled to Colorado for game four of the... Final, uh, the final game of the road trip. That's on Thursday, October tenth, two thousand nineteen. That one is at nine p.m. Colorado is another team that's off to a hot start, particularly at home, with a two and zero record. Uh, Colorado has outscored opponents nine to six. Miko Rantanen recently signed. Miko Rantanen, mm-hmm. he's red hot with three goals, one assist, four points in two games. So obviously, going to have to watch out for him. And. Um, the uh, the weekends, the way we're going to do things is, uh, particularly I think we're going to be recording on Sunday. I think this is going to be a hot zone. I try to get away from it, but it is what it is. But we just got to get the content out. Boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. Got to do it. So our schedule is going to go from Saturday to Saturday. So we'll get all the information on the games from Saturday to Saturday and talk about it. And then we'll uh, talk about the upcoming schedule from for Saturday to Saturday. So that's how we'll do that for, for the future. Just for reference, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're new here. I know you're not new to the pod listening, but you probably know the, the schedule I like, I like to roll with, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm just, you can roll with whatever schedule you want. I'm just here to... No, I know. Talk. I know. But it's good to, it's good to like have some dialogue on what we're doing. Right now, now everyone knows. So okay. please keep us on schedule. Uh, all right. It's like Spe- telling me as if I'm not. Speaking of schedule, I know you're trying to segue me right, right into that. But uh, the. Uh, <laughs> Redirecting you is what we call it. <laughs> the Boston Bruins start a three game homestand on Saturday night against the New Jersey Devils. <gasps> I can't believe you're doing that. But anyway. I love when the Devils. I know you do. Bordeaux's retired, though. No, but I like when we play New Jersey. It's a good not it is a good Toronto or whatever. Like, I like when we play Philly. I like when we play New Jersey. Like, I like playing certain teams. The New Jersey Devils are not off to a great start. They are 0-1-1, and the only loss on the early season was on the road, so that could be a benefit. They've been outshot so far 12-7 in two games. Uh, Blake Coleman is pretty much the only um, hot player on that team. With a two, one, and three um, totals in in two games, so um, don't see a much of a threat there early this season. That is a team that could definitely pick it up um, in the future. Uh, they have a ton of talent, uh, highlighted by Subban, uh, the new draft pick uh, Hughes. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, why am I drawing a name? Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall. That's right. I was I just trying to give you a minute that. to get it. Yeah. You know what's freaking weird? Every time I think about Taylor Hall, I get Adam Larson. (laughs) That's what I never... I'm like, I want to say his name instead of Taylor Hall. It's just weird. That was just a dumb trade. Yeah. I.E. Peter Shirelli, you Harvard... Whatever. Hey, look. (laughs) Some Harvard guys got big brains. Right. Some of them don't. 
All right. So anyway. Um, now we're rambling. What's going I on? Know. Okay. So you're going to ask break me. Break time. Yes, that's a good idea. Yes, it is a great idea. So we're going to take I just a quick need to break. Re-focus. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, have a little, little uh, commercial. Talk about some college hockey. So um, we will be right back. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that, and its players graduate at a ninety percent rate. Nick Bukestad. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! David Backus. And Zach Parisi were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! Hey Bruins fans, we're back. We took a little break. Uh, had to fill the, uh, the the jug over here of more wonderful pink Whitney vodka from New Amsterdam. No no free ads again. But, uh, no, but no, having a great Whitney's day. Like a little overcast. Looks like it might rain, so let's get this show on the road. David Krejci is back. Uh, missed one game of the season. Fully, fully okay with that. Precautionary stuff is fine. Mm-hmm. Keep that guy healthy. Huge, huge point uh, player in your production, regardless if you dislike him or like him. But uh, good to have him back. And um, second game in, um, back us out. So uh, that's fine. Need we definitely need him. I, I love the way he works with Krejci. Um But now that he's back, what do you think about Kuhlman? on there, because I've seen some really good things from Carson Kuhlman in this uh, short sample size. Yeah, well, that's where you thought he'd be slotted anyways, right? I did. Kuhlman on the second line. I did. I think he's been all right. I mean, considering I, with full disclosure, said I wasn't sure whether I thought he could play, you know, consistently up on there, but I I don't see why he couldn't be up there, at least just, you know, versus Vegas, see what happens. I mean, you could always, like they did, they kind of moved him and Richie back and forth a little bit throughout the game. You could always try that again if you needed to. Uh, but Coleman did play well with Krejci last year in Nebraska. Like, they played pretty well together when they did play together when he was up. And, uh, I mean, Coleman's working, you know what I mean? He's trying to stand out, but it, he's not, like, necessarily standing out. But, again, it's the first few games. No one's mad at anybody, you know what I mean? Like, right. There's very few people who are, you know, looking super shiny. But that's all right by me doing there. Although I maybe just for experience reasons, might prefer Brett Ritchie up there because he has also been showing the last few games like he's all right to be up there, slotted high instead yeah. of low. So, I mean, that's here or there. But I know you love Carson Coleman, so I'm all right with him being well, up there. I like him. I see it. Well, you know how I feel. I like him. I think he's going to be just fine, but he's still young. And yeah, he's, All right, fine. I'm a Claude Julian. I get nervous sometimes with the young kids. I never know. No, and that's, that's fine. I and, get nervous and, with and, the veterans, though, too. So. And respected. <laughs> um I just I like what he adds to the special teams, and mm. he can he could definitely kill uh, penalties. Um, if he gets a chance to be on the power play, he could you know possibly do something there. He's got a hell of a shot. NHL release, uh, good stride, good speed, works well in the corners. Not afraid to get in those dirty areas and dig pucks out, which is really important uh, to transition. Um, but uh, not only that, but I kind of like this this uh, Parlinholm guy is kind of like 
he's making me pay attention to him. Mm. He's doing good things. He's making, you know, even though, like I mentioned last week, it's that impact. What you do during the game, if you make an impact, mm. it doesn't have to be on the score sheet all the time. Exactly. If you do those little things, man, I'm sold on a guy like that because he's such a, like, a worker. He can play center. He can play left. He can play right. The versatility of this organization and what they have in the development depths of the plug-and-play kind of characters is, is, is really good. Good to see, you know what I mean? Well, generally that's kind of a characteristic of the Bruins, though. They like players who are multi... Multi-dimensional well, well, like yeah, and so yeah. you, they don't. They have been, just for years now at least, in the new quote-unquote NHL, very aware that you she need someone... Yeah, everything's air quotes. Like, I, like everything's quotable. Um, but, yes, he definitely has versatility. That's the same reason why, like, I like an Anders Bjork. You know what I mean? Uh, Coleman definitely, obviously, he deserves to be up more than, you know what I mean? Like, he's earned his keep a little bit more and has more experience to play up against NHL teams. You know what I mean? Shout out to uh, Anders Bjork. Had uh, yeah. the uh, goal and assist in last night's uh, Providence Bruins opening game win of the season over the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. I was going to ask you later how the baby bees did. Max Legacy? Wow. Yeah? Wow, did he play well. one nothing shutout. Nice. I'm sorry. 3 to nothing shutout. 3 to nothing My shutout. Bad. My That's bad. better than one to nothing shutout. Yeah, um, Anders Bjork got a goal. Brendan Gaunt's got a goal. And uh, newly, acqu- newly acquired captain, newly <laughs> named <laughs> captain Paul Carey gets the, uh, the goal for the third and final uh, over a very talented Lehigh Valley team. So they, 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 uh, Baby Bees get back on the ice t- today, Sunday, October 6th at 5 p.m. against the Hershey Bears. Hershey The legendary Bears. Hershey Bears, AHL legends. Mm-hmm. But anyway, getting back to... Yeah, but no, Carson Coleman's all right next to Krejci, at least for now. Like, it's the, like a, this is the time where I want Cassidy working different things and figure well, out what the chemistry goes. When I was looking at Jack Edwards, and he, uh, at, at Real Jack Edwards, the guy does a great job on these, on these Twitter picks. I mm-hmm. love these. I just screenshot them and credit, of course. Um, but Lindholm was um, was on the uh, fourth line center, and Corrali moving over to the left and Wagner on the right. I thought that was pretty good. But what what's good about that, well, the Richie thing, and I know him being a small sample size too, gets a goal against his for um, his former team. But you can switch those the Carson Coleman's and the Richies up and down with Krejci. I know you don't want to necessarily keep continuing to shuffle right wingers on Krejci's line because you want to get that chemistry. You want to make him feel comfortable. Um, but that's an option. If things aren't working out on the right side, you need a little more grit and less speed and blah, blah, blah. Coleman can go down to that third line and be with, uh, with Coyle and Heinen. And I think that will still be an effective line no matter what. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The only thing that concerns me about the, like, move it around on the right line is it's one thing to move it till you can find the right chemistry. Or having a couple people, I I still stand by my real-time call that David Krejci deserves to have some kind of stability over there. Especially when it's not injury-related. Because a lot of times it has nothing to do with people being hurt or out. It's just... Someone has to be able to mostly be up there with Krejci and DeBrusque. Just, we can't chronically not have a solid second line. You know what I mean? Like, that's weird. But, I mean, for now, it's not bad to move them around. Because, like you said, you have to work it out. And if Coleman doesn't work, you know, work out, you can move them. But I just hope it's not a kind of, 
always trying to see how it works out like it always is right. every year. You know, like I don't want us to get into that pattern either. I don't want Cassidy to get into that pattern. At the same time, he has some new guys. He Like at least he's seen Carson Coleman. He's not, you know, right. like Richie and Lindholm and then like they're still new to him and he's checking them out to see what he can do with them, get out of them, whatever, you know, and it's up to them to fight for that spot because if not... But like someone else can be plugged in there. We have a lot of people who can be plugged into, especially the right side in yeah. this lineup, you know. And 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 Cassie's a mastermind of uh, changing things on the fly too, you know. And he's and I like that a lot because if he's if he, things aren't gelling and he's not seeing things, he immediately addresses it without getting overbearing on himself and and letting the leash go a little too far. Mm-hmm. Um, he nips it in the butt and makes changes and tries to get sparks out of certain people. I like that kind of coaching on the fly, which is good. But it also has its disadvantages, too, that somebody's just not going to always be playing with a certain player, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and get that chemistry. So, yeah. I don't know. It depends on how you're using it, I think, yeah, is the more important right, thing. Is like right. If you're doing it more in a, like, things are looking ugly, we saw a little bit, like at late in the playoffs, which again, that we talked about everyone, a lot of people were new to the whole experience, you know what I mean? Certainly the coach gets to get that credit too, as well as that, you know, your first time you did good, you know, you learned things, now you know, you know what I mean? Now you've been to that dance, now you know how to do Right, so now where do I go with that? So it's one thing, like, I, I agree with you, like Cassidy's a good hockey mind to like do it within game, you know, discreetly, not like crazily necessarily although sometimes he seems to do it for no reason at all and that drives me insane because I know. is that if a bad things, time to test things well this out? is what i'm saying is that right just because things are going well like it's going well because everything's nice and they settled broke, and I feeling good yeah like <laughs> right so like why for no reason at all halfway through the second period do we now have to like you know right. like mess up the line like that seems weird to me but at the same time it is good to have someone who's willing like Okay, because even worse is when a coach is like, all right, it's broke, don't fix it, it's broke, don't fix it. Instead of, it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, you got to be able to change it up a little bit. Sometimes I feel with Cassidy, it's like he gets a little too experimental. Like, buddy, can't you do this during practice on Wednesday? Like, why do you have to do this? Like, we have a 2-1 lead over Washington right now. Like, now's not the time to switch it up. Speaking of needing practice, I know this is a bad segue, okay. but, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. I think the Boston Bruins and the people that run TD Garden, we're going to go right into the seat thing. You are all about the so, seat. So no, I'm, gonna I'm let, not. No, I'm going to no. let you run with it. I know it's a big okay. deal to a lot of things like people have been talking about. You know, if you want to make your fans happy, I, and I know when it comes down to money, it's, it's going to be a little bit of greed. Mm-hmm. And you're going to want to s- sneak in as much space into an area to create more funds, I get that. But make it comfortable for the fans. And and where I'm going with this is they should have mocked up the seating arrangement outside there, you know, four or five rows on a flatbed. Have your fans come in here and say, is this comfortable for you? Would you pay for this? And and get numbers. Use analytics to the benefit right there and figure out if you're going to do something, are the fans going to be pissed off at it? And are people going to come back and pay the high price ticket for season tickets on a year-to-year basis? Why is R&D so hard when it comes down to stuff like this? And the, biggest, the weirdest thing for me to think about is it's only 500 seats. Mm-hmm. So what they did was 
Yeah, I was going to say, you should put this in context for people okay. who may not when, know. When yeah. I went to the garden on September 21st and did the uh, public skate around there, which was fantastic, got a little emotional, sorry, looked up at the banner, saw Bobby Orr, Ray Bork, teared up a little bit. I'm on the fucking ice. It was awesome. You guys should all try that. I know they're going to do a yearly event. It's $30. Great cause. Check it out. Anyway, it looked good, but my Courtney... She was in the uh, in the stand taking pictures of me and video going around the ice, thinking that I'm some kind of all star out there. Which was I, your all star moment? It was. It was. I wish I could use a stick in a puck. But anyway, I couldn't see the what she was dealing with. But she even said the the foot room is limited and it's terrible. So it's just like for 500 seats. Anyway, for 1,500, more, I get it. The 500? Yeah. And you took the promenade section out. And that's another thing that pisses me off because a lot of the old-time Bruins fans that used to have tickets down the Loge, and as they got older, funds aren't that readily available anymore. Mm -hmm. So they were going up to the ninth floor. They get the elevator. You step out, and there's your seats. One row, beer vendor behind you, bathroom, no lines, nothing. It's actually great seats up there. They told all those people... You're seating now in the, low, in the balcony. So they have to go down and climb the stairs. Well, now I know that there's more elevators in the TD Garden for people to go up there in the, on the, uh, in the balcony, but whatever. But that's gone. Now that's all corporate seating up there. Yeah. It's like, ah, stop being so damn corporate and do something for your fans. Make them comfortable. You guys are putting on a great product. There's nothing wrong with this. We're not going back to the times of... Buy one, get one free Loge tickets where I went to like 20-some-odd games a season with my boy Eric Grant. Mm. It's not going to be like that anymore. I think the problem is, is that, and this isn't just a Bruins thing, it's an all-teams thing, is when right. they're selling lots of tickets, it's like, oh, uh, let's do this, let's do that. Remember when they did the renovations to Fenway a couple of years ago? People freaked out, right? Like, what do you mean? Like, there were the people who like, you know, Seats on the monster? What? That's sacrilege. Like, you can't put... You know, I still don't know how I feel about that. But I just... For me, because I don't like the corporate, like, thing. But the difference between, say, like, Fenway Park and the TD Garden is Fenway only has so many... So much space that they can put seats. I know. The garden is only 20 years old or whatever, 25 years old at this point. If you're going to renovate it, and it looks sweet. Like, when you see it, it looks real slick on TV or whatever, you know? But people hate airline seats. Why do you think that they want to have smaller plastic legroom seats for your game? Right. Because you're already charging them a lot. And um, I get some places, like, you can get, you know, glass seats really cheap, uh, Florida, places like that. Here, that doesn't happen. Like, they charge you a million dollars to sit in the nosebleed seats at the top of the stadium. And I think... It, and I said this, like, I don't really care necessarily what the business aspect is because I'm a fan. I see things from the fan point. And even though I'm not going to probably be able to afford to go to a game, it pisses me off that you expect people for you to have, like you said, not 2,500 more seats somebody could sit in, a handful and disrupt the whole thing of it. Like, I don't know. And not only that, but, like, the Celtics fans are also going to have to sit in this horrible configuration of seats and be uncomfortable. What absolutely kills me about this whole thing is they, they did the foot thing in the Loge where people are paying the most expensive prices. Yeah. They did not make any foot changes up in the balcony. Right. Well, you expect to have, like, the crappiest view, the crappiest seat. Yeah. Like, that's what you're paying for. Something exactly. cheaper you know what? or whatever. It's like, 
pick a lane. Yeah. Where are you going with this? It's like, come on. I'm a Loge guy. I'm sorry. I When I go to games, I get free tickets. I'm, you know, not a big deal. I'm not using a plug from, from my favorite podcast. But, you know, I, I happen to know people that are fortunate enough to have tickets. And they love our show. And they give us tickets. You went to a Montreal game I with did me. go to Montreal. We went shout last out year JC, for Courtney's birthday. JC, shout yes. out. JC, thank you so much. I was you so know, happy. So and there was the cutest little Montreal girl next to Those are the awesome. That's, those, that's my yeah. crew down there. Yeah. I'm not a freaking balcony guy. See, you know me. I like being in the first couple of rows balcony because I like being over the ice to see everything. Like, that's my thing. And also, you meet interesting cats up there in the balcony. Uh, not that the Loge kids aren't interesting because they certainly are. Um, I just like to go. I don't want to be too close to the ice. Everyone thinks that's weird. But if I'm not against the ice, I don't want to be See, that close to the ice. I like the action. I like him here. I like, I like talking. I got to be at least a couple rows up in the loge so I can see. I don't like not seeing the corners and stuff. That annoys me when I can't see it. Because I don't want to watch the game on the big screen. I want to watch the game. That's why I like the balcony. Because it low balcony because I'm afraid of heights. I'd prefer to be <laughs> able to sit there. We went, didn't we? I, make you, I made you sit in the first row balcony for a Montreal game Yeah, once. playoff game. Yeah. We're like up there. Like, I was, yeah, I know. And like, you're like, man, yeah, yeah, grandma. I'm like, oh, shut the fuck up. We're like, these are great seats, and we can put our feet up, and we can put our cups there. And Did we go that day and just buy them? Or no, that was, the, that was the Chicago, Chicago game. Remember, the you were supposed to get tickets, and the guy screwed you or something, so it was like, we're going to go in. And Yeah, that's right. You were paranoid about scalping tickets. Yeah, I was, too. Or whatever, and I was yeah. like, okay, well, I'll just go to the box office. And, and like, got, there's sweet tickets left. I'm like, oh, how much are those? $75. Yeah. I'll take three. Yeah. Thank you very that much. Awesome. Me, Barry, and Mark. That was awesome. Because Barry, I was like, you still want to go? Because you were like, no, I'm not going. And I just remember Barry's like, no, I want to go. That was when Patrick Kane was like first. And yeah. he, he was all Taze, over like that dude. Yeah. yeah. He's like, no, I want to go. Jesus. Yeah, and that was awesome. I love the sweets days. too because then you have your own bathroom. You don't yep. have to worry about the line. It wasn't catered. No, no anything beer, fancy. It was like us care. and three, like two other people had also bought so tickets in. and probably thought the three of us were insane because Mark and I yell a lot sometimes. <laughs> Which is good why the little Montreal girl was near us at that last game because she kept my mouth in check because I was very well aware the little <laughs> kids were around me. Um, Speaking of... I don't know where we're going with this one. Okay, first of all, we need to backtrack, guy. All right. We even talked about this. Go ahead. Let's focus. Who is your star of the week for the first two games? Oh, first two games, star of the week. I thought we were going to do this at the end. No, we're going to do it now because um, it's closer to when we talked I about it. I like a woman that takes control. I'm just kidding. Um, it's like I'm talking to my sister, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, star of the week. I, I honestly got to give it to Yaro Halak. Yeah. Just for the pure purpose of... Everybody can relax if Tuka has a slide. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You got somebody. You got a 1A and you got your 1B. You know, so I want to give him the, the shout-out. I know it was um, the Arizona Coyotes. They're an upcoming transitioning team. I get it. But, uh, no, I thought he played well. And I think, um, like I said, small sample size. I'm going to use that word a lot. But I think that you probably see the, the running of these two for like a um, – uh, it's not a Vizina. No. Jennings. Yeah. The Jennings I knew you'd trophy. get it. I didn't want to tell you. Yeah, you I love know. goaltending. I knew you'd get the it. The Jennings yeah. trophy. Well, so. you know, I, I really thought they were going to get it last year. And they I did, too. They were in the top three. Yeah, Nothing, I know, but know. still. Not bad. I wanted them to get it. They didn't. But definitely, they're. I think they're the best. Like, regardless of what numbers say, I think that they are up and down easily the best tandem, like, straight out the gate. Not like, oh, wow, this back ends up doing pretty well, too, when the starter can't. Considering how many starts both goaltenders get, you know, because they are kind of not split evenly, but more evenly than some. Right. 
I think that they are the best to punch in professional oh sports. She just threw a punch at me. Yeah. Did I cough around? No, I didn't. If I threw a just punch kidding. at you, you'd be crying. And that'd be <laughs> awesome because it would be on recording. You're just lucky I can't hit you back. It's like hitting a family That's member. True. Luckily, I've never had to actually hit you. Oh, you who's know. your star? Who's your star? I'm giving week? it to Charlie Coyle for the reasons you said. It's not always about the score sheet. It's about what you do when no one's looking. It's what you do that makes your effectiveness. And again, Charlie Coyle looks like he just walked off the ice in June sometime and walked back on like, okay, boys, let's go. Are you a BU girl? I am a BU girl. You just made BU so very happy. Well, I am. don't want to sound biased or anything, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a few things, you know, there's few people like resting my case, <clears throat> McAvoy and Grizzlick and several other people who come through the system, but um, that's what I'm giving to, Charlie Coyle. All right. Not because I'm a homer. Let's get the, oh my God, let's get to this right now. Okay. God, my pick Whitney almost spit everywhere. Spitting um, Whitney's. <laughs> Spitting spit Whitney's. Oh boy. Uh, Jack Edwards uh, getting a slack for his comma comment. In the Dallas game, um, and I totally forgot the dude's name. Alan. Oh, what the player? Yeah. Oh, Roman Rome, Pollock. Yeah, Roman Pollock. Well, I have I have an image here that I saved on the tweet machine. I did a little screenshot of uh, Alan Walsh is a uh, is a an agent for many many hockey players, um, and he. The- he basically said, um, I have tremendous respect for the Bruins players that sent best wishes, all class. As for Jack Edwards to say Roman's injury was bad hockey karma while he lay motionless on the ice, you are truly a piece of shit and an absolute disgrace. That's from Alan Walsh, official Twitter, Twitter account. Um... I honestly don't know. I, I I didn't even hear it. I mean, the next day, my my everything's my DMs All are right. floating with this this guy's tweet. So put it in perspective, though, right? So it's second period, Dallas. For anybody who maybe didn't see the game or luck at this point, it would be ridiculous if you hadn't seen the highlights. And uh, Roland, Roman Polak went to go throw a hit on Chris Wagner. And didn't hit Chris Wagner, hit the board with his shoulder and his head, right? And it was bad. If you watched it, it, it looked bad when it first it happened. It like they were like, Whoa. Right. Well, I, um, I, I personally, I couldn't quite hear, like, the TV, but we were watching the TV because, again, I was at work. And I commented at the time, oh, that sucks. I hope he's okay. And then I was like, it's kind of weird he would throw a check that far away from the other player in the boards, right? Like, just it was a weird spot. But then later I find out that Jack Edwards, and I'm going to try to... Actually, I don't really give a shit, those of you who love Jack Edwards. You can feel free to send me an email. Inga, bng555 at gmail.com. I don't care, okay? So <laughs> this is the thing, is that tongue, I don't... <clears throat> Jack Edwards is just fine. But I have an issue with Jack Edwards is that oftentimes he just rambles and rambles because he gets in so into being Jack Edwards, and uh, he becomes a caricature of anybody normal, okay? And I get annoyed with him sometimes with this, and these are kind of the exact circumstances I do. That being said, before I... um, So to put in context, that's what happened. And in the first few seconds, Jack Edwards, his initial reaction was not, 
oh, that was a stupid move or that's going to hurt was, oh, there's bad hockey karma in that play. And we all, anybody who knows Jack Edwards knows sometimes he always sounds like he could be like a preacher in a soapbox and he's very into being Jack Edwards. I'm, I appreciate his passion and everything, but that is not what your initial reaction should be when any player hits the boards the way that he did, right? Even like when Tory Krug laid out Rob Thomas, right? The first reaction was like, oh, he, shit. He wasn't so smooth. But then it was like, oh, I hope that dude's all right. And then you got him up a little wobbly. So that's a comment you make after dude's standing up, being helped off the ice on his own accord. You might go, oh, man, there was some bad hockey karma. But your initial reaction should have been something more like, oh, that's going to leave a mark or something like that. Because bad karma is a pretty big statement if you take karma and what its actual meaning is, right? Okay. And I, it he wasn't necessarily intending to injure himself or Chris Wagner. It was just kind of an odd play, and it was self-inducing. Because what has made me so mad about Jack Edwards is that his response, it's not because I think he owes an apology, as the ranting uh, agent said. I can understand why the agent's upset, because that, to me, is a typical case of Jack Edwards being Jack <laughs> Edwards. No, right. No, but what I mean is that that's Jack Edwards being Jack Edwards, and then for Keith Oberman to mouth off, like, you didn't hear the solemn comments, oh. but I've heard Jack Edwards enough to know what the immediate... He's being so trying to get back the, into hockey. Right, but my thing was thinking, <laughs> yeah, no, I know Jack Edwards enough, even though I didn't hear it, and I did go back and hear it. It's not that he just cut off the solemn tone because it wasn't like true concern tone to start. And I get it was immediate thing. But again, it's kind of a weird immediate comment. But it was the more soliloquating Jack Edwards caricature Jack Edwards that I hate, right? So what he could have done in the meantime, and again, I don't think he apologizes. I'm not from the weak generation. I don't think that he should have to apologize. But what you don't do is double down because Brick, Andrew Brickley, his commentating partner, rightfully pointed out that, you know, it was kind of a situation of his own making but not in a tone that's like oh well he did that to himself which is the type of tone that jack edwards always has right, right? okay do you agree with me I, like no I, I it's do. not and so like in one way it's like i defend i like jack and everything but I, I could get drunk on keystone cop right and the freaking everything like that juicy fucking rebound yeah i want yeah, to bitch slap like, you oh, sorry it took me that long to say the f-bomb but so on one hand, I do think that the agent overreacted a little. I don't think that Mr. Edwards is a piece of shit because he is indeed a passionate Bruins coach. Right. But Jack Edwards, you are also a professional and need to know when to not be Jack Edwards, the caricature of yourself that you've created and is your whole persona, right? I mean, this guy commentated the whole game, and not that I don't think he should have been able to call our home games, but... It's obnoxious if you're so into what you're doing that you have to do it during the playoffs when it's not even your job and just, like, talking to yourself in a room still doing it. Stay that, that's the caricature I'm talking about. Right. And I get it comes from a pure place. But sometimes, Jack, I would shut your fucking mouth because the way that Andy Brickley, and rightfully so, self-whatever-induced or whatever Brooks said, something like that, like it was self-induced in context was like there. And it's not that I don't think Jack Edwards wasn't concerned earlier, but... And I even put into, like, okay, it was the first game out. I'm sure he was all hopped up on being Jack, okay? And, like, just in the moment. And he does. But it's not like this is the first fucking stupid, ridiculous thing that Jack Edwards has ever said. Only this happens to be about someone being injured. Right. That in context, too, he was, this dude was also the agent of some Montreal Canadian Jack said something about, too. So he already doesn't like Jack. But I'm here all the time and listen to Jack all the time, whether I want to or not. Yeah. Sometimes know when to shut down and certainly don't double down. Right. I'm not saying apologize, 
Right. Or even if in broadcast you're like, oh, geez, I, you know what I mean? I got a little overzealous there, you know, dial it, but you didn't. And yep. now you're hiding behind Brick. Why? Because Brick's tougher than you. And even at his age, could probably lay someone out. Like, I, I don't know. So feel free, all we're you not, Jack Edwards diehards. Yeah, that we're, just, not, we're not trashing yeah, Jack it's at not. all. Just, and I defend, I defend his, you know, like, I'm not thinking he should have been called a piece of shit. That was definitely an overreaction yeah. because he is not. He's a good human being. Yeah. He's a solid dude and all of that. I just think that maybe Mr. Edwards needs to sometimes remember that he is not like a wrestling commentator. (laughs) He is a hockey commentator and be professional. Like, I don't know. Like, it's not all about, like, your job is not, and this is what I think he thinks sometimes. I think we just blew having him a guest, having him as a guest. No, no, but but this is, like I said, I mean, I like Jack just fine, but it's moments like this where I get kind of like, yeah, you need to know when to self-reflect. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? You need to know when to, like, am I getting a little too crazy? He'd do a bit, lot crazy. better job than I would. I have no yeah. filter. Oh, Absolutely no. Absolutely no filter. No, but I just, that's just my whole thing on the Jack Edwards thing is that that was a stupid comment to make at that time because there's a million other things you could have said. Right. It's all, equally as stupid that Alan Walsh was like, hey, you guys are class acts, but Jack Edwards, you're a piece of crap. Like, that's not okay either. You're right. a professional. And this poor player's got a broken sternum that's like, oh, this is sexy watching these true grown men go at it on whatever. But also I think, like, you know, like, I'm not saying Jack Edwards should apologize. I'm not, I don't feel like people always have to apologize when they say something mean or hurtful or whatever someone gets offended by. So that's that, but... The good news is, is that uh, Roman Polak is okay. He has a broken sternum, but he doesn't have, like, a major neck injury or anything crazy that could have certainly resulted in that play. And also, um, hopefully he won't throw any more hits that far away from boards or people. And uh, it was a questionable play, but it doesn't matter. Either way, someone got hurt, okay? Like, let go. All right, sorry. It's all right. It's my rant. No, it's all right. It's all your week. rant, and you do what you want. All week, and by week, I mean a couple you days, can... I've been... Festering you on didn't it. get the Rob Thomas thing so smooth. I did get the Rob Thomas. Dude, how thing can so you show any emotion? Because you made you me feel like a funny it. fail. Don't make me get. You know why? Because you say the Rob Thomas. I'm trying not to focus on the fact that the chili cookout <laughs> at the raffle. I mean, at the silent auction. Oh I didn't God. have the why money. Why always in detailing the, to Tory Krug? Because you brought up Rob Thomas. I, I was just bringing up the hit and being oh, like, oh, like Jesus. that I can't was. Can't say any narrative around that whole freaking hit, can I? No. What I'm saying is, you've already <laughs> said the so smooth thing. It's. October now, and you've said it before. All right, we're, we're starting to get a little crazy here. It's got to be these pink Whitney's. Got to be these pink Whitney's. Oh uh, yeah, like it. All right, so when we end the show with, um, is there or is there something that you wanted to bring? No, up? but did we ever? How do you think we're going this week with these? That's three what games? I was gonna say. Yeah. Well, that and we'll just yeah just. So we got. We're Vegas. Not Give us another 10 minutes. <laughs> you got Vegas on Tuesday. Yeah. You got Colorado on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And you've got the home opener against New Jersey at TD Garden on Saturday, October 12th. That place better be loud because I do blame the Garden crowd for Game 7 partly because right? why aren't you yelling? You all are so the upgrades, quiet. Like they, all the upgrades they did, they put in more speakers. We're piping in noise. Oh, good, because we can't be loud enough. Have you ever heard <laughs> drunk people in Boston? Like, there's no reason that we should need fake noise, people. We should be loud. As a matter of fact, we've been loud enough to boo our own players because we'll boo our own players. We're not scared. Okay, so I would say Colorado's more dangerous than Vegas. Also, you know how I feel about Vegas. So you're going... One and one so far. Yeah. Where are you going with the jersey? I think that we're going to. It's going to. So it's two like and one first hole. Yeah, two and one for the week. I'm saying. It could be Vegas. I say Colorado. 
is going to be the tougher game than Vegas. But I'm not saying Vegas, you know, maybe we roll over Colorado. I don't know. And what do I know? I'm just one girl. I'm going to say they beat Vegas on Tuesday. They beat Colorado on Thursday. And they continue to not win a home game at home on Saturday. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm no, kidding. that could be true, though. No, I, I think, um, I think oh, the next two games are going to be real tough. It, it's really tough for me to, to pick. Um, it was really weird because last week we were talking, did Miko ran and get resigned? I, he was literally siding when yeah, we were having that conversation. I know. I, but I, 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 I really think that Vegas is the better team out of the two. Do you? Yeah, I don't know why I'm thinking that. I, I don't really watch a, a, a ton of them. I listen to the Sinbin Vegas podcast. They do a great job. Um, but I'm going to say they lose against Vegas. They beat Colorado, and they beat uh, New Jersey on the home opener. So they, they go 2-1 and one the opposite way. Fine, then. That's where it's Fine. Starts. Listen to you. You want to end this on a fight already? <laughs> no, we're not. We're not on a fight. But before we go, though, we are going to... Because we keep talking about we're going to mention some milestones, but we never oh, do. let's do it. So I'm not... We got time. I'm not totally prepared. So I figure we'll do I the few prepare. that I am prepared Again, about. This is the third so we'll do a row. few. And um, this is like... Who's th- coming up on milestones? Uh, there are a few people, but currently I'm only prepared to tell you Bergie and a few other... Whatever. That's fine. So we had already talked about David Backus is coming up on his thousandth game, right? Silver um, stick. Yeah. We'll do a few over the next... Like next weekend, we'll do the rest. I mean, I could look, but I'm too lazy right now. <laughs> um, so... We got some players that are coming up, some big milestones, some people a couple milestones. So I thought we'd start with Bergie and Chara. After all, they are the captain and the should be captain, after all. Not pushing you out, Chara, except for after this year. I love you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So anyways, uh, these numbers, I kind of had to adjust them because we started the season. But these articles, there were a couple articles floating around over the summer. Uh, I don't know. Mostly fan-sided, kept, like, reposting all of them. But it was from a few different places. So, um, Bergeron only needs seven more assists to get 500 assists. Pretty good. Ooh, that's a very Uh, good milestone. Yep, Bergie only needs 85 uh, points from being the fourth highest scoring Bruin of all time. Bobby Orr is at number four. Uh, is at fifth with 888 points, and Ricky Middleton has not 898 points, so he could pass them both. Solid. And that's doable for him if he has a good season. Yeah, stays injured, healthy, right? absolutely. Uh, he is 23 games away from being the third highest on the list for games played as a Bruin, passing none other than GM Don Sweeney. Nice. Uh, who played, obviously, for, uh, well, I mean, maybe not obviously. Some people might be listening to know, but Don Sweeney millennial. played. Stay millennial. Yeah, Don Sweeney <laughs> played 16 seasons in the NHL, and 15 of them yep. were with Boston. I believe Dallas, he played this last year in, in Dallas before he retired. Kind of reminded me of a Tory Crew type of player. I think. Oh my God! Did I spark the fangirl? Listen, oh I God. may or may we not. Have a rocket ship here, I may or may not have, have loved Don Sweeney Her head just since I was a wee lass. <laughs> I, you know I love Don Sweeney. I love him. He he was before he was born a generation too soon. That Don Sweeney, but his brain is built. But no, definitely. Like joking. To, all joking aside, they are. You certainly know how time. to talk your way out into a locker room. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's talk about Chara. Stop it. I'm pinking like a. I'm pinking. I'm blushing like a pink Whitney guy. No, I'm just kidding. All right. So Zidane Chara, he has all. He needs six more minutes or something like that to be over 1,900 minutes 
in the penalty box in his career. Holy shit. Which the, one of the articles that I was like flipping through had brought up, you know, that means a lot because he also started in a generation where the more time you spent in the box as a defenseman meant like you were taking care of your teammates and everything. Right. So that's a badge of honor. Now it's like, oh my God, someone spends too much time in the penalty <laughs> box. Well, someone's got to be in there. Politically What's the point of having man. it? Uh, he only needs 12 or actually Tuesday. So he has 13 more games and he'll have got his 1500th game in the NHL, which is a big deal because he would be the 21st player ever. So to put that in context, less people have got to 1,500 games in the NHL career than one team carries on their roster in a season. So that's Crazy. just a little visual. Okay, Makes you the, think of that. All that hard yeah. work that he does with his body keeps him um, young and art. And, and in addition to maybe the 1,500, he's closing in on his 43 more games, and he will be have his 1,000th game as a Bruin. So that's another big really? thing. Really? And he's been captain Holy since crap. he's been here. So if you put yeah, that, day one. very day few one people... Very few great, and we've had some great captains come through here. True. Uh, I don't know if he's the only, but very few of them, maybe Ray Bork might come close to having that many games with the sweater on and yep. the C, and uh, I think that's big. So for those of you who don't love Chara yet, when you hear those kind of numbers. But we also have some milestones coming up. We talked about David Backus is almost to his milestones, and uh, Marshy's coming and coming up on a few, Tory Crew, a few people. So we'll talk about them maybe next week. We'll sprinkle them Dig in down deep. No one's close enough it will pass before we talk again. Right. Yeah, anything else I want to say? Oh, can I just? Go ahead. I promised I would never mention the St. Louis Blues again. But oh, I have to say... Yeah, we have to give a shout-out to that damn, team. This team... How many times can you make me cry for a team that's not even my team? So those of you who don't know, you might have seen it. Huh? What's her name? Layla. No, yeah. I knew it. So Layla. So Paranko and someone, I don't remember who, sorry, other guy, but uh, I know Paranko. They um, brought Miss... Uh, might have been. I don't remember. So is okay. that true or not true? Fact check me. I don't know. Steen. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah, Steen, Steen, not Oscar. No, Steen not Brown. Oscar. Steen and Perenko. You're Alexander right. Steen. Um, clearly, I like, uh, Perenko's more on my mind. But class uh, acts. Those all the of you who don't through. know, this organization continues to just be outstanding. And they brought little Layla, who of course was their rallying cry and their team mascot. And yeah, the, man, great story. Like thing, and they little brought her fought. a championship ring with her name in it, with all the bells and whistles, just like the players got and. I'm so happy because, you know, that's not just a, like, oh, this is a good, like, story to ride with with the playoffs and whatever. They followed through because it's been the whole summer, and they got her own ring. They can't get her name it on the cup because there are rules against are that, I'm sure. important when you're millionaires but, and yeah. you're high-profile players, man. You, you put the time in to give to a person like that that needed the inspiration yeah. at that particular time in her life as she was fighting right. a for her life. But even bigger, she was their inspiration because yep. it wasn't, it was not just lip service. Like they latched onto Ooh. her like a, you know, she was there. Like, how can you look at her and her fight and not want to fight for her, you know? So hey. that's my comment. Sorry to give them more credit, but awesome. Yeah, I'm no, no. So shout, out, shout out to them. Shout out to the humanity at that point. Like you know people what I mean? being, just, yeah. You're, good you're just awesome human beings. But you know what else? They are also very good human beings at taking things away. Second best thing. Yeah. No more Gloria. They don't want Gloria anymore. They're tired of the song. They say that's a one and done thing. So 
that will not be heard again. And I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. I'm excited about that only because I liked that song, and then they were making me hate that song, and I don't want to hate that song. My friend but... Jeff Fonder, he uh, does the Let's Go Blues yeah, hockey like podcast. I was say, in the background. Do, 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 yes. The whole song. Oh, my God. Like, ah. I know. Every time I hear it, I'm like, Jeff, I want to ring your neck. Yeah. Get that song Oh, no. Off. I love Let's Go Blues. Great podcast. Great those podcast. of you those who guys. might be a little weird like me and like to listen to other people's hockey podcasts. Jeff and I work well. together at one website. I'm not sure which one, but he's a he's a consummate pro and he's just just doing great. But job. he did like the it'd be like the first half hour yeah. of the show would have that like, playing oh in the background. Jeff, you're killing he's me. He's lead, reading <laughs> listener letters and stuff, and I'm like, oh my god, please kill the Gloria. Gloria. But anyway, bye. They did. They they gave it and they took it away. Thank God. I don't know what their next. I don't know. They anyway. will be. So, uh, what do you think? You want to end the show? I think that uh, people are probably annoyed about with us at this point. So, uh, uh, well. I know some people are not annoyed because they stayed this long to find out who the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast Patreon member giveaway winner is. Do the drum roll. This week, the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast Patreon member winner is Kara. Yay, Congratulations, Kara. I will be getting in touch with you soon and uh, get some details on size of shirt and where to ship it. We've sent out five winners so far this month. It's been great. I love having the shipping details in my office now and not relying on anybody else outside of uh, Black and Gold Productions because it never gets done, and uh, I couldn't believe the last time I did it. It was almost uh, nine months before something got shipped because I forgot about it, mm. and so did the other person forget about it. But they still had it in the shop. Go figure. That's but right. I do all the shipping inside my house, so... If you want to get involved in the in the member giveaways, go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast. Donate a dollar per show. It's not that much. It really helps us out uh, on the uh, cutting the operation costs, but it also gives us some money, a little extra money, to go and buy these great products, Bruins-related products from the great folks at fanatics.com, our advertising partner. So... We buy from them. We give them away. It's, it's kind of a really good cycle that we have going on. But honestly, we can't keep the show going without the great folks that contribute all the time. So please, um, please go to the Black and Gold Hockey. I'm sorry. Patreon.com slash Black and Gold Hockey podcast and, and donate a doll. We, we certainly appreciate it. Okay, seriously, this is my last thing, though. Okay. Oh, so, my God, she's back. Uh, no. yes, this is, I know. Okay, I'd like to Rance apologize to, for everybody out there. It was a late game last night. Mark's having me drink vodka for the second Sunday in a row. Wasn't oh, like a the first down one, your throat. You're like, let's you do are. Whitney's no, while kidding. we do the show. Oh, yeah, that's definitely what I said. <laughs> what I was going to say, Brat, was... Good launch on your prospects podcast. Yes, yes, Thank yes. you for having it in my normal feed because, as you know, I'm struggling at the moment to get my yes. pods. I have a new show out. Um, if you guys, obviously, if you listen to this program, you've seen the prospect podcast um, come on your Apple podcast feed and Spotify and iHeartRadio and so on. We um, want to keep this program all NHL Bruins related. Uh, because uh, myself and Heather, we, we do pay attention to that particular part of the organization fully for this program and you, the listeners. Heather's a slacker on the prospects is what he's and saying. That's, and that's okay, because I'll teach you. I'll teach you. We'll, we'll, we'll groom you into being a prospect well, guru. See, I don't need to know because you'll just tell me, and then I don't need to do any of that work. <laughs> so anyway, we're, we're, garnering, we're, we're, garnering, yeah. we're gravitating to producing this program, the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, 
either Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. And we're going to do the Prospect Podcast with uh, new co-host Tim Richardson, fantastic co-host, knows his stuff, um, and uh, is, is really involved in this, and I can't wait to continue to work with him. We did one primer episode on last Thursday to get everybody up and ready for the American Hockey League Providence Bruins season and the prospects below that level uh, throughout the world. So we're going to update everything. Uh, so that should be coming out tomorrow. Episode 2 will come out tomorrow or Tuesday. So it's on the same feed. You don't have to go searching for Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, Prospect Podcast, whatever. Yep. It's all on Apple iTunes. We just don't have enough funds we're not bringing in enough funds to bring on another platform on SoundCloud and distribute and so on. So, You know how we can solve that? You guys go out there and help us yes. and rate and review. Yes, Black rate and, gold, and review. Hockey please, podcast. please. Even if you don't, bum, bum, bum. Even if you don't like us, yep. write something bad about us, but give us a five star. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just It just helps us. Uh, you get can tell us we more. suck. We don't care. Yeah, it's fine. We know. It's I fine. mean, but we still show up, and you still show up, so you I must love have, doing this. You must have cared. Whoever listened must have cared enough to tell us we suck. That's cool, too. I love doing this. I prefer We must be doing something right, because Bet Online sponsors us. Yeah, so <laughs> get out there. Also... It's CLNS Media believes in us. Yes. Go out there. Also, don't forget to bet. Yeah. Baseball. Go. We got the playoffs going. We got... And... Oh, I forgot to mention. I, I know I mentioned it earlier... BetOnline.ag, you can bet on American Hockey League action now. You can bet on the NHL. You could bet on the AHL. You could bet on the KHL. You could bet on European leagues. That- Go to BetOnline.ag. You see code CLNS50. Get yourself a nice little 50% welcome bonus after your first deposit of $55. So we're going to let everybody else deal with the college football and the regular football. Because I suck at betting. And the baseball playoffs. And you're going to stick to every other league in the world exactly. for hockey. Right? You're gonna, <laughs> he'll be I'm actually going to go take some action on Austria. Nice. Go check it out. <laughs> check it out. On the, but anyway. Okay. Mark's going to be a KHL expert in two weeks now. But, but in you, all seriousness, great launch on your new pod. Yes, thank you very much. Go and use Bet Online. Tim, Tim Richardson, shout out. Yeah, good job, Follow Tim. him on Twitter at Tim Richardson. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. This was episode, basically episode one of the 2019-20 season. Basically silly. I know. Uh, Hockey's back. Hockey's back. Guess who's back. Guess Uh, who's back. But anyway, thank you very much. Thank you to the Patreon contributors. Thank you to all the listeners. Thank you for everybody's support. Thank you to Courtney for dealing with us. Thank you for my wife, Courtney, for dealing with me, (laughs) particularly. Uh, And uh, Heather, always. You've been with me all freaking summer. Cannot, cannot express my gratitude for your time and effort to this program. You're keeping me alive on this certain platform, so this is awesome. We will be back next week to talk more NHL Boston Bruins regular season action and get you updated on more action further on. We're just action people. So anyway, we're out. Peace. Pink Whitney's, here we go. Yeah, here we go. Click, click, click. Peace out. Bye. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.